Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Live Shopping, a series dedicated to unraveling the intricacies of the live shopping phenomenon. I'm your host, Cynthia Nelson, three-time entrepreneur, Forbes contributor, investor, and advisor. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of talking to Don Chubay, principal of Live Selling School. Good morning, Don. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Cynthia. You know, this is a big subject that I think has been tossed around a lot, and I think there's been a lot of confusion about creators versus sellers. I think that um, sometimes brands think, oh, it's QVC, and they're just in your face, and they don't know what they do, and I've got creators, or I've got somebody in-house, I think, that can do it, and then they go and they create a live show, they promote it. They put their products in, you know, they spend the time and money to do it. And that creator or talent or person internally literally doesn't turn the dial. Like they may be great and have a million people following them, but they can't close a sale to save their life. So you are an expert. I want to give the audience an opportunity to know you first. So I'd like for you to give a background, you know, where you've been, what you've been doing and how you, what, what you're doing now. And then we'll kind of dive into the questions. Sure. Well, yeah. And for the record, I mean, I've got a pretty, I'm going to say probably one of the most diverse broadcast experiences uh, over the last 23 years. Uh, I spent the bulk of my time as a traditional broadcaster, won awards, did the weather, hosted, did live on location, uh, all of that kind of stuff eventually moved the dial into literally moving the dial money-wise and revenue-wise, working in the world of TV home shopping for the last seven years, where I continue to work uh, right now as a host and a guest expert, and then subsequently decided to marry both my broadcast media training expertise and then into live selling talent training, creating my own formula for live selling, which is very much based on the TV home shopping uh, network and host model. So the HSH method, we're trained the next generation, the new wave of live selling talent to literally come through the screen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that what we've seen in China, right, it hasn't been the creators that have been turning into live sellers. It's been people who actually know how to sell and now they're becoming superstars. Do you see the same thing kind of happening in the US or in the Western markets? Well, certainly, I mean, as we know, and you know, a lot of people have all these opinions about live selling in the Western market and why isn't it like China? And we can dive into that and you have dived into that uh, with some of your other interviews. But the reality is, is there is this thought process that because you have followers or reach or the analytics on your on your meta and all of that uh, have significant impact in general social media. I think there is this misunderstanding, as you said, Cynthia, that that is going to actually translate into add to cart. And as anyone listening right now, whether it's brands or influencers themselves who think, well, I've got a million followers, I ask you this. If you sat there and right now and did a call to action to say, I tell you what, I've got a million followers, I need a million dollars. Can everybody please Vimo me or email me one dollar? Everybody's got a dollar. You can't tell me you can't afford a dollar. But let me tell you, to get a customer, Cynthia, to part with one dollar is a feat. And if you had that much influence just by the very nature of followers, you should be able to do a call to action right now and say, I need a dollar in the next five minutes and you should have a million dollars in your bank account. Yeah, that's a really good analogy because who can actually make that happen? And do you think, <clears throat> so, so it's it's about the talent, right? For sure. And and obviously the the offer, 
you know, what the offer is. But I think let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit. And I I will not have you give away any trade secrets of, you know, because sorry, live, live selling school is the shit. If you guys want to do this, you've got to sign up for the classes. You got to go and you got to pay because it's worth it. Just giving you a plug there. Um, but let's talk about, you know, those call to actions over the course of time and what a talent needs to do to get educated. Like, what does it take? You know, you're going to go on and do a live shopping um, show that's going to last an hour to an hour and a half. Like how much prep time? If you're a talent that maybe that you know beauty, but you don't really know this particular product that you've been brought into, like what is the prep time that you can expect someone to spend? Well, first of all, you're never not researching and to dial it back to what you talked about if you're an expert in beauty. So in my course, um, which again, really focuses on how to eventually end up with a live stream shopping show from scripting from pitch to presentation, but it's first of all, having your niche knowledge. So if you are a, a beauty expert, make sure you know all there is to know or anticipate what you might need to know or constantly research that particular niche. So if you are trying to position yourself in that way, you better know what ferulic acid does when it is in your vitamin C serum. You need to make sure you know that. And that is regardless of the brand. So there's that level of research first, which is potentially lifelong learning, right? And it's cumulative. So it's yeah. not like every show you're doing all that same research. Then we go to the brand. And so with the brand, of course, you need to understand the brand story. You need to know how that is going to impact sales. And most importantly, ultimately, the why. Why is one of the biggest questions that you should always be able to answer with every single product and every single brand and every single statement you make. So you need this. Why? Right? Yeah. You're going to love this brand. Why? And dialing it back to traditional influencers and what we've seen in the past, Cynthia, I think that's the biggest mistake is people, whether they're influencers or brands that hire influencers, think that by an influencer saying, you need this, that that's not enough. You have to answer the why. And, and those whys are based on the knowledge base of the product. Right. And the product, like you said, the brand, the brand ethos, the product story. Um, I've also seen, you know, there's some great entrepreneurs out there that are producing. I'm just going to use beauty as an example, producing some great you know, products and beauty, but they're not always good. I mean, they're great at telling their story one on one, but then telling it to an audience and talking to a camera. You know, I'm wondering if there's going to be this kind of big, big surgence of these sellers who are great in certain categories that you can hire to bring, come on with the owner, the CEO, the creator, right? And talk about that product and really pull, you know, pull that information out of them because they're not, they're, they're not as good at selling it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, are you seeing experts grow in categories? Well, so to that point, I am a firm believer in that you put the best person on air and I'll use the term on air because of course that's the word I use as a broadcaster, but if you are on social media, let's call it on air. You put the best person or people on. So it's not always the CEO sometimes. Right. So, okay, if let's go into the, the hospitality industry, for instance, when I would do my training with hospitality industry, which I think also has an incredible opportunity in the world of live selling. Often you'd get the manager who felt they should be on or the owner. And I would train 
these people and I would go, mm, you're such a nice person, but you were just, you are not going to get people to come to this restaurant. But let me tell you that bartender, that bartender is fabulous, or it could have been the hostess, or it could have been, I mean, it could have been the dishwasher. It doesn't matter right. who is going to engage, who is going to convert. So back to your question, I think there is a tremendous opportunity to not only a make sure you bring on the right host, if they are doing a solo hosted show, but I also think there's a tremendous opportunity, very much like what we would do in traditional broadcast. A lot of morning shows do this. I did this as well as one of my gigs of the many when I worked on breakfast television, where we would go on location. So um, Walmart, for instance, right? During Black Friday time or right in the beginning of the holiday season, I would do a live eye, which would be paid, by the way, by Walmart for the to the company because that was part of their ad buy and I would go out and I would essentially when I backtrack and I think about that sort of the the seed that might have been planted some 20 years ago with me in live selling essentially all I had to do was a I mean I did a call to action hey you want to do your shopping come on down to Walmart well I could have gone one deeper and actually done more product education with each of those hits and boom, there you are, live shopping show. So I think the interview style of live shopping, where you have a host mm -hmm. that is an expert interviewer and has done their research, but that literally tees up that mm -hmm. expert or that store manager or that bartender, I think there will be a trend toward that. And that also really lends itself, Cynthia, to a lot of what we're seeing with that shorter form shoppable video. I think that sets it up as well for live and then easily spliced into material and content that can live organically on a website or of course on social. And it's still shoppable after the fact, right? You know, it means me like the, the whole prep side, you know, some people, oh no, we're just going to schedule this live on this date and we're going to all go together. And we, they don't do anything. They don't like, I see brands where they will kind of over practice, you know, over overdo thing, but where individuals are just, oh, but just going to go live and I'm just going to go on. I Everything looks beautiful. I'm going to go on. And they didn't really, you know, the authenticity can't be lost of the product or what you're trying to get across, but there has to be no, some level of scripting, a flow or a yeah. rundown, as we would say, right in production. Exactly. A run of show. And I think to that point, Cynthia, there has to be a happy medium. I think the bigger brands that go hyper, like, oh my gosh, we're going to overscript this. That's not what the consumer wants. Not in that way. TV home shopping, it still works. Yeah. And there will be some brands, right? Maybe more um, heritage brands that that will actually work because of course they've got that heritage customer. Right? Right, right. But then the influencer can't just wing it. I mean, I was, it's funny. I was looking back at my social media today but some random, I don't know, back when Periscope was around, do you remember yeah, Periscope? Yeah. I don't, even, sure. I don't so even know if it's still around. Right, of course. Um, and of course, the you know the the original incarnation of of the sort of Instagram Live and when everyone was doing it. Yeah. And I mean, I remember just going live, and I think I was I was doing some sort of skincare routine, and but there was no plan. I mean, I was just talking, and at that time, that was good enough. Just like at the time of the initial influencer marking, posting a selfie with his pen would have been enough, mm -hmm. but it's not anymore. So I think you have to have a fine balance and no, you do not want that authenticity to be lost. But for anyone that's listening out there and whether it's a brand that's hiring an influencer or a host or any other key opinion leader or a person who is watching right now that thinks I can do this live selling thing as the anchor, because that's what you are. 
you have to have a general run of show. Does it have to be super formal? No, but it ha you have to have something because if you don't have that, you have nothing to go to when you're talking to that pinhole of a camera with no idea whether it's one or a million watching. Right. And maybe people are engaging or maybe people aren't, but you need to have that run of show. If you don't have that, you won't know where to go. Just like if you don't have a call to action, the customer doesn't, with all due respect, necessarily know what to do. Right. Even when you see them, you know, and all of these platforms have chat, right? They all have the live chat going and, you know, you're, you're watching the screen, you're speaking to the screen, you're talking about the product, but then your eye looks over and there's all these questions that come in. There's also that thought of, you know, on the back end, having a producer or someone helping you where they can even text you. Oh, look, I just got to, you know, even having your phone kind of up in front. So you see, you don't have to look anywhere else. You literally see next to the camera. Oh, I just got a text in. It's from, you know, Cheryl. She lives in, you know, Ottawa. She's asking this particular, and you can stop, but being able to stop, it's almost like, oh my gosh, I'm just going back to like eighth grade, right? Where, where, where you had to do those skits, right? Like those, those, someone throws you, I forgot what they're called, but someone improv, throws like an improv. improv. Yeah, improv. Yeah. Someone throws you, talk about this nail file and how it would help your marriage, right? You know, whatever it is, right? It's random, but, and you have to just make up this story and start talking about it and doing it. That almost feels like those types of people that are in the arts, you know, just as I know in New York, where the, we're one of the biggest, um, employers of voiceover talent in the world, right? Because we have so many actors and so many people and there's just these voiceover studios you can get and they're all, you know, they're all here. I'm wondering if that is an interesting talent of people that are on stage doing things, acting, whatever, that they can come on and become, learn to become like selling hosts in a, like in a segment or genre that they're interested. In. I don't know. It's my opinion. Well, I just throwing it out. No, you're right. You're bang on, Cynthia. I mean, that was... So first of all, that was how I had to audition for TV home shopping, right? No one told me what the product was going to be. <laughs> and then, you know, my audition wasn't super exciting. Not, I mean, I was, I was fine. Obviously I got the gig, but I mean, it wasn't such a weird thing, like a nail filer file right. that can do whatever. Yeah. But when we would have periodic, because this is where a reminder that you never stop learning and you should never stop growing. I mean, up, up until like a year ago, we still had a trainer that would come in that would help us continue to stay fresh and to not get complacent because that's really easy too, right? It's again, I'll take it back and I'm not dissing influencers. I'm just talking about when it all started, we yeah. all felt, felt a selfie was enough. And there's probably right. still some out there that think a selfie with a product is enough. And we ask people now to go deeper because brands are demanding some sort of return and an understanding of the impact you make as a host. But so back to this, we would get a trainer that would come in periodically and keep in mind, we're at the, we're at the top of our, of our game but we're still getting trainers and this is important. So she would come in and she basically, we'd have a camera pointed at us and she'd go, okay, that ring you've got on your finger, yeah, it cures arthritis, go. Yeah. And that's how, and so yes, improv skills are incredibly important, but with improv, it's not the fake it till you make it because you still have to, part of authenticity, yes, it's transparency. Yes, it's vulnerability. It's also product knowledge. It's knowing right. yeah. that product, that brand inside out, upside down, and what you don't know, you're you're okay to say, I'm going to get that answer for you because that's more important, 
right? Then, then sort of winging it. And so to that point, improv skills, absolutely. A run of show, a plan, absolutely. Making sure you incorporate all of those different components that essentially lead a customer on that pathway to purchase. That is for me that, that again, that formula that, that I continue to reach and continue to practice even in my own business with what I am offering. I, I definitely can see you're going to be a very, very busy person going for, not that you're not busy already, but very busy. I can see corporations, you know, hiring this talent in, having you come in and do the training and then having you come back and do this touch-up training because it seems like I get it. You get stale, you think you you get it, you understand it, you know it, but having that kind of touch-up training that goes- that's I'm stealing, kind of goes that. I'm stealing that word, Cynthia, touch Hashtag, hashtag <laughs> touch-up training. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna use this one for sure. Don, as always, it's been amazing talking to you. Again, live, live selling school, this is the phenomenon. You're the first one out there doing it. I applaud you. I think this is really great. And who wouldn't want to learn from a pro like you? I appreciate that very much. And Cynthia, you've been an advocate from day one. And I know your podcast and your, your video channel continues to elevate the world of live shopping, of live selling, of video commerce, and the people that are, are truly trying to help others find their place in this incredibly valuable space. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Bye.